Sarashira Samarama Shankaracharya Madhyama Asmanacharya Pariyantam Vande Guru Param Param Ishvara Gurahmeti Murti Veda Vibhagine Vyomabad Vyapta Deaya Darshina Murtae Namaha Sarva Vedanta Siddhanta Gocharam Tamagocharam Govindam Paramanandam Sadguru Pranatosmyam Om Sri Krishna Govinda Narayana Om so I can love objects, I can love my personal deity. There's a, not a lot of advantages to loving objects, but that's the world. And don't expect the world to change, okay? That's always been there, it's always going to be like that. Don't worry about it. If, you've got, if you're lucky enough to have a personal deity, good for you. If you if you aren't, you can get one. <laughs> it's up to you. You can choose. I mean, like for example, even nature. People, huh? Well, why do why do people love nature? Germans are pretty big on nature. You got the Green Party here, and you know, environmentally, environmentalism, and all that. That's a personal deity. Why? Because nature reminds you of the Creator. That's all. We have a more, in the, in the Vedic tradition, we have a more, uh, bigger smorgasbord of deities. So a huge smorgasbord of deities. So you there, if you're born in India, uh, you can, you can choose, you have a lot of choice. It's like a, going to a supermarket. You have a supermarket of deities in India. You can choose whatever you want. The shelves are full. <laughs> According to your temperament. You know, I, I fell for Vishnu right at the beginning and I stuck with Vishnu all along. Uh, but uh, there's plenty. And if, if one deity doesn't work for you, choose another one. If, wear, if they wears out, get another one. It's fine. Because the important thing is that you're you're communicating with your spirit with yourself. These are these dim, we call it formal <coughs> worship with form. It's not a formal form of devotion, but it's worship of God in a form. And you know we're used to because we're physically oriented. We we see things in terms of forms, so it's fine to conceive of your deities in, in, in a form. There's nothing wrong with it. The problem is that it doesn't solve the separation problem, the duality problem. Okay, so now what's the third stage of Now this is where uh, devotion becomes a discipline. Here it's informal. You worship when you feel like it, as you feel like it, the way you want to, and you worship anything you want. Even criminals have deities. There aren't many criminals in the West who are religious, 
But in India, most all the criminals are religious. They all have their deities, and uh, that you know it's very helpful for them in their criminal careers. <laughs> and there are certain, yeah, it is because when you when you're confident, when you offer your love to a deity, you feel protected. And when you feel protected, uh, you do your job better. Whether it's raping or robbery, robbing, you do it better than if you when you don't. So, so it works. Anyway, now it, Vedanta, and this is not strictly speaking Vedanta. This is still yoga. That's why we call it Karma Yoga, Dharma Yoga. But. Uh, you need yoga before you're actually qualified for Vedanta. So we, we're a hundred percent for yoga. And the, the basic yoga here for, for the qualification for what? For freedom and non-dual love. The, the fundamental, most basic qualification is called karma yoga. And karma yoga is love of God. But not a personal God. Okay? God's not personal here. In, at this stage. God's impersonal. I, I mentioned earlier that, that God is, is all the forces, impersonal forces and factors that create life, create, sustain, and destroy life. Okay? I said, I said earlier, there are physical laws. Heat, light, etc., etc., etc. Audition, how, what, the sound, there's laws governing sound, laws governing uh, sight, Colors, shapes, forms, uh, alchemy. There's whole the whole material universe is controlled by principles or laws. If you understand those principles, uh, you can manipulate the material world. If you don't, then then you know you're going to have problems. So whatever you. Uh, for example, if you like a child doesn't understand that fire is hot, the first time a child sees a candle, he'll go and try to touch the candle, because he doesn't understand the laws, and he'll get burned. And and every time he touches the candle, it always burns him, because those are huh, we call them dharmas, dharmas. It's the nature of fire to be hot. It's the nature of sugar to be sweet. It's the nature of air to move. All these are all these are inviolable laws. They're always the same. We call them dharmas. They're rules. They're rules that operate the movement of matter in the material world. And then then so Everybody's subject to those laws. If you break those laws, you know, like back in my day when people were taking LSD, they'd forget that 
you know, they'd get in some kind of high state, and then they'd jump out a window thinking they could fly. Because they believed that they were beyond the laws. Well, they, they were in that state, but their body wasn't the law. Their body wasn't, didn't know that. So when the body went out, the body fell, and they died, jumped out of a window. You know. So those laws operate whether you like it or not. And it certainly pay, pays to understand what those physical laws are, material world. Now the psychological world is also laws. The way we think, the way we feel, and the way we think, that's all programmed. So that's programmed. The field is not. That's why we're human beings and not ants or any other species. Every species has its own rules and laws. Dogs bark, cat, ducks quack, huh? cats meow. Huh? And in each species of, of trees, they're conscious beings, they're conscious entities, trees are. But each one behaves according to its program. That program is designed by Ishwar. It's a, it's a universal program. It's not personal. God's, there's not a personal God for every object in the creation. There's just one impersonal God that controls and regulates and governs the, the creation of all the objects, physical objects, and the, 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 the states of mind of all the conscious beings. And what? And sustains those states of mind and destroys them, changes things. Okay. So, the psychological law is very simple, actually. Now, as human beings, we've made a huge mess out of it. And for you to really get healthy, you need to go back to a simple state of mind. And the simple state of mind is just fear and desire, basically. But, uh, there are three, three basic states of mind, and they're controlled by what are called gunas. That's the book back there on the yoga, The Three Energies. <coughs> the Three Energies is about the Creator, about God, and how what? How God creates in the form of these energies. Everything here in this psychological world is energy. Your states of mind are just energy states. So if you want a particular state of mind, you need to know the rules that go into making that state of mind, and then you can generate the state of mind you want by applying the, the do the practices that produce that state of mind. You actually can control your state of mind once you understand the laws that are operating in the psychological and the mental psychological dimension. We call it the subtle body. The physical body is the material, and the subtle body is the mind and emotions, and that, that's also controlled by laws, rules. Once you understand how those states of mind are created, then you can actually become your own God. You can actually uh, start to transform your mind according to the idea that you have in it, whatever kind of mind you want. A ballerina needs a certain kinds of energy. They need a certain kind of emotions and a certain kind of intellect and a certain kind of body. Whereas a sumo wrestler, uh, 
Huh? He, he needs a different kind of energy and a different kind of body and a different kind of emotion and a different kind of intellect. Actually, you're managing your energies all the time. You just don't know that's what you're doing. And since it's not conscious, you keep manufacturing energies that are not helpful to you, to where you're going. So, the, the, this Ishwar, or this God, controls the thinking of all the creatures also. It's the default setting. If you don't understand it, then you just run off the default. You know in a computer what the default is? That's a program the computer runs off of if you don't do anything about it. Now you can go in and change the default settings and then the computer will behave differently. But if you don't tell the computer what to do, it will just do what it's programmed to do. And the average in normal human beings, just ordinary human beings, they're, they're programmed very simply. What are the, what's the simple? The program is very, very basic. I know you think you're very complicated and, and all that, but you're not. You, the program is chase what you want and avoid what you don't want. Your likes and dislikes. You like this, and therefore you go toward it. And you don't like that, and therefore you run away from it. In other words, fear and desire. So a person who's fear-oriented, they're always trying to avoid pain. And a person who's desire-oriented, they're always trying to gain pleasure. A pain-seeker considers the lack of pain as pleasure. <laughs> Isn't that funny? But it doesn't matter, because you're, uh, this is a basic human psychology. You do what you like to get pleasure, and you avoid what you don't like to avoid pain, that's all. It's very simple. I know, I know, my mother this, and my dad this, and religion that, and daddy dog, and government, and so forth and so on. And I'm so neurotic, I need to go to a, a psychiatrist for 20 years and talk about my childhood and my feelings. Well, uh, nothing's going to change. You're, you're, just, you're just fiddling around with, with ideas. You're not actually addressing your basic psychological situation. What do I want? What do I don't want? Now, Karma Yoga is going to take care of your emotional problems. Understand? This, and this is a way that you can consciously, this is our therapy, this is the way you consciously can control your own psychological growth and development. How, how is that? <laughs> well, it's neutralizing and managing your likes and dislikes. Hmm. Because uh, if, I'm, if I'm constantly going toward things and running away from things, huh? according to my fears and desires, which are coming up all the time, my mind is going to be what? Constantly disturbed, isn't it? <clears throat> Only when your mind is sitting still huh, are you able to think clearly. Okay. So these three energies, these three energies are what? Rajas, which 
we call it rajaguna or rajas, it, it causes you to desire things. And the other energy is tamaguna, it causes you to fear things. It's a dark, dull, heavy energy. And the third energy is called sattvaguna, and that's a what? That's a revealing energy. When your mind is in that energetic state, then what? Then the light of awareness, the light of consciousness, shines in your mind, and what? And reveals knowledge to you, whatever kind of knowledge it is. God knowledge, or worldly knowledge, or whatever it is. When these people have inspirations, like when Thomas Edison discovered the, the, the electricity, how it works, his mind was in a silent state. <coughs> was it Galileo or, or Newton discovered the laws of physics and the, the gravity law there? His mind was in a sophic state. He'd been trying to figure it out for a long time. <coughs> and one day, Ishwa or God gave him a sophic state of mind and the knowledge struck and he could <coughs> understand that principle and give us that knowledge. So, these, these basic states of mind are controlled by an impersonal force, an impersonal <coughs> excuse me, power. And then, there's a moral dimension to the universe. Right and wrong, good and bad. There are universal values here. Then there are, you know, you shouldn't lie, you shouldn't cheat, you shouldn't steal, for instance. Why? Well, what's the basis of that? What's the basis of these universal moral rules? We don't want to have non-injury. Now, what? what huh? You don't want to injure yourself or other people, do you? <coughs> why not? <coughs> why, why don't you want to injure anybody else? Because you don't want to be injured. Because you don't want to be injured. What, which means what? Non-duality, which is love, right? Because when you love, you don't injure, do you? So the law of non-injury is based upon the law of love. When you love somebody, you don't injure them, do you? Well, ignorance gets into them. Well, you can, yeah, ignorance. You love someone and you can still injure them through the ignorance. Yeah, through ignorance, but we're, we're assuming that you're not ignorant. <laughs> when you are actually loving somebody, you don't injure them, you want to what? You want to serve them. You want to help them. You want to appreciate them. If you don't understand that there that there's no difference between you and someone else, then, then fear comes. If you think there is fear, you know, if you think there is difference, then there's fear, then what? Then there's a possibility for injury. You can manipulate or injure another person, isn't it? <coughs> So there's universal laws governing what? Universal values, psychological values, and material values. And then there's another law, it's called the laws of Swadharma. 
or Swabhava. Everybody has a different nature. Not everybody, we're all human beings, but every human being has a particular kind of nature that's different from other humans. There are certain basic categories, let's say, but there are many different human types of human people. That's called your Swabhava. Now, why do they have different types of humans? Now, like ducks, there's not a lot of different kind of ducks, are there? <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> all ducks have the same nature. They all do exactly the same thing. They all look alike. They all quack alike. There's sm small variations in terms of size and so forth and so on. They all wear, they have the same colors. They wear the same kind of clothes. They do the same things, and they do it repetitively and without thinking about it. <coughs> but human beings are very interesting. They have all sorts of different natures because they have free will. Because they can make different choices. And because they can make different choices, they develop different talents and different abilities. Because we call that the swa dharma. And, that, and why does God create these different types of people? Why? Because the creation is extremely complex. And so, uh, to satisfy all the needs of the creation, Ishwara, or God, <clears throat> creates different kinds of people to solve different problems in the creation. You always need entertainers. Now, some people are born to entertain. You see them when they're kids. They start showing off. They start dancing. Uh, they start singing. They start, uh, they start dressing up. Right away you can tell this person's got this nature. There's accountants, bean counters. Huh? You know accountants? They just sit there in a little room. They're not interested in entertaining anybody. They're going to count everything out. There's business people, entrepreneurs. Huh? There's, you name it, scientists. Think of all the different types of activities that are required. And as the world gets more and more complex, and there are more and more people here, and technology develops more and more, huh? there's artists huh? who have an artistic nature. You see a kid, and, and immediately you can pick them out in the, in the kindergarten. All the kids are told to draw pictures and so forth, and given paints and stuff. But only, only some of them actually have that artistic tendency, that bossana, we call the bossana, or that tendency, that program. And you start to see very early on that they, they, can, they can go that way. They'll be a graphic designer, or a display designer, or a clothing designer, or a designer of homes, architects, etc., etc., etc. So there's this huge need for different activities huh? because of the complexity of the society. A long time ago, there weren't that many different things. Like there weren't computer programmers like 50 years ago. They were just, now there's people who understand what zeros and ones and, and how to manipulate them 
and can turn zeros and ones into pictures on the screen. I mean, that's an amazing knowledge that they that they have. So, oh, they're oh they're outside. Oh yeah, there's political people. Huh? There, huh? There's your cops. There's your warriors. There's your politicians. Huh? It's a, think about think about all the, there's huh? Think about all the different actions that are required to maintain the uh, the the world. Lots. Now, that's called and, and so whatever their business be whatever whatever that tendency is right that's your swa bhava that's your nature your self nature. And that swabhava gives rise to your swadharma, in other words, to the duties that you need to perform here. Now you were brought here to what? Not just to get what you want for yourself, but you were given these talents and abilities and these powers uh, to contribute them to the creation. That's why they're there. You think it's all about you? <laughs> uh, you think you're only here to satisfy your own needs? <coughs> That's what it's all about? Well, you're wrong. And insofar as you're totally self-centered and you're only interested in yourself, you're going to have a lot of problems. Because you need to make a contribution to, to what? To the Creator that gave you this wonderful body and this mind and this world that you love so much. If you don't give back what you've been given, if you don't appreciate what you've been given and offer back, well, you've got a big problem. You've got a Dharma problem. You're a selfish, self-centered, egocentric person. <laughs> And you'll feel guilty for it. Because you're not doing what's right by God. You're only doing what's right by you. But you're not the only thing here. You're just one tiny little unit of energy in this great cosmic machine that's what? That's keeping the whole thing going. And you're, what are you trying to do? You're trying to extract huh, everything and keep it to yourself. In the Karma Yoga philosophy, Bhagavad Gita, chapter 2, chapter 2, 3, 4, and 5, Krishna Kent says those kind of people are thieves. If you have, huh, you're taking from the Lord and he calls them misers. And what are you doing with that, the things that you take? You're keeping them to yourself. You're hoarding it. You're not giving back. And because of that, you're psychologically disturbed. Because you're going against the rules. You're going against God laws. God gives you a great gift, and God expects you to return that gift. Not that God's a person. But you're expected. That's called Dharma. That's called culture. You're a cultured dharmic person, a righteous person, if you appreciate uh, the duty that you have to what? To the creation. The creation being God. 
God and the, the Creator and the creation are not two different things. In dualistic religions, they have God as one thing as the creation of the other. But, uh, and then they have a devil principle too. And they, they don't know how to integrate that devil principle into the creation. So they have a lot of problems in dualistic religions. But in Vedic religion, in Karma Yoga, uh, that's not a problem. <coughs> so, if you don't appreciate uh, your your nature, your your 